This podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only and should not be considered professional advice. Should you need any medical, psychological, or psychiatric advice, please consult a professional in your area. Thank you. And welcome to a piece of yourself. Same introduction as always. It has been a while. I think it's been a little over a month since I made an episode. Life definitely gets by, goes by quick, especially when the summer weather's here. Uh, And I'm joined by another wonderful human that I've shared several experiences with. Thank you so much for being here, brother. Hey, well, thank you for having me. Quite the intro. Yeah, well, uh, funny enough, I don't know why I do it, to be honest. I mean, when people go on Spotify or wherever they find this podcast, it's pretty clear what the name is. And yet I say the name at the beginning of every episode. A piece of yourself, because I like to remind myself that I'm continuously working on myself very easy to uh, I guess get caught up in just the day to day grind and you can lose yourself along the way sometimes or maybe one day I woke up went and made my coffee and took the time to smell the coffee beans grind them think about where the coffee came from be appreciative have a deeper quality to my day And then tomorrow I wake up and I stub my toe or something and I don't do that. And then I start forgetting about myself. And then I'm rushing and I'm thinking about, oh, I don't want to be here. And so I like to try to remind myself, work on myself in some way today. Or at least recognize that I'm here and alive. Very insightful. All I could think of was I got my coffee from... Farm boy. Yeah. And I ground it myself, and it, it smells delicious. I love grinding the coffee myself. Oh, it's so much better, isn't it? Uh, it's so symbolism. I think of that word when I think of grinding your coffee or even cooking a meal, because there are multiple choices in everything we do, right? Work anything. I can do just what I have to to make the meal, or I can get into every ingredient that I put in the meal, and maybe take time to like smell those ingredients, and take a microsecond to say, wow, I'm about to make, as you said earlier, some form of art with food consisting of a multitude of ingredients. And then if I start to take in human history, what a time do we live in when I can just walk five minutes and go down a spice aisle, right? There's when's... no effort, though. True, true. But I would say that uh, it, it gets bypassed that we live in a time where there are grocery stores. That's true, you yeah. You know, it's like we just think they ought to be there, and, and that's just normal. And it goes, no, it's not normal, and it's fairly new <laughs> there's the bird there's the clock <laughs> I know what I'm gonna do silent mode 
Yeah. And what bird was that? The chickadee? Uh, the black caped chickadee. That's right. But you know what? It wasn't though, because that was clearly a that was clearly a woodpecker. You heard it. Yeah. It not this clock. It doesn't run like it used to. <laughs> Actually, it belonged to my grandparents before they passed. Well, that's pretty cool. And I had it in my closet uh, for like a year because it's been a while since they've both moved on. And so, yeah, I'm pretty sure since the beginning, it's just they haven't been lined up. And and, and I'm pretty sure that uh, the clock itself has said, I'm only going to play four birds <laughs> repetitiously. <laughs> Oh, my, uh, my parents' neighbor, my neighbor growing up when I was a kid, she was like my grandmother, mm-hmm. had the same clock. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those, uh, as seen on TV. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. It was like by those, oh, four easy payments of five ninety nine or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. Yeah, back when uh, you couldn't shop online. No one knew what you online You had the shopping channel. And somebody would say, hey, I saw this thing, this clock. And that's what my grandparents said all those years ago. My mother, I think at the time, um, had an account with Sears or something. Yeah, yeah, where and you called in shit that ordered it. one year it became available or something. So yep. she knew, oh, that's what they're getting for Christmas or whatever the celebration was. And it hung on their wall ever since. I think that's how it worked with my neighbor. Yeah. Got it from Sears or... Zellers at that point, and that goes back. Yeah, paid way more than it was worth. <laughs> oh, Sears, usually, yeah. they uh, <laughs> they put people into debt for sure. Uh, I think I got some school supplies over the years from there. Oh, are you kidding? I bought all my stuff at the dollar store. I was that guy. I was like one binder for twenty. Oh, no, I could buy seven. Yeah, for five. I meant more like uh, when you got clothes for school, not necessarily oh, yeah. the actual supplies. Yeah, oh. no. Yeah, clothes came from Sears. All the I time. was never going to school with the fancy binders or the cool. Did you not hear me just say I got all my crap at the yeah, dollar exactly. store? Yeah, exactly. So it did the same. That's why I was saying I could relate. But hey, as long as it uh, had the three rings and held the paper, that's all that mattered. Half of a, half the time we drew all over it anyway. That, that's true. By the end of the year, it was all bent, and it, it couldn't take another year. <laughs> and you have the eraser, and you're like, I really shouldn't, but you know, I'm going to take this pencil and jab it in the eraser just because. <laughs> yeah, because I'm bored. Yeah, yeah it's like, absolutely. Teacher talking, oh, math lesson, no, eraser, jab the pen, and then like, look, I made a smiley face. Yeah, a lot of pencil jabbing too, but then you kept breaking the lead, and you'd just be sitting there sharpening the pencil constantly. Oh, now I'm thinking of the pencils that would have the broken lead. Oh, man. And you'd be sharpening that pencil, and you'd get it right, and then it'd fall out, and you'd go, are you serious? What? Half the pencil's gone, and you're going, you know what? I've given up on this pencil. You know what I used to do when that happened? Steal a buddy sitting next to me's pencil. Yeah, swap them? No, no, I'd just take it right from him. Yoink, mine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you know... How times have changed just for something simple like a pencil. And what I mean by that is in English class, in elementary school, when we would write in our journal every single day. Yeah, yeah. Well, my teacher at the time, it was always in pencil. And until you could write an entire entry or two, it might have been two or three. In cursive, too. With no spelling corrections. You would would level up, and you would he would give you a pen license, 
and he would it would be like a little little card thing with pens on it. You'd sign your name and he put it on the wall, and it sounds so simple. It might even sound lame in today's time, but I'll tell you this. We all wanted that pen license in that class. So you busted your asses to be like, I'm writing this to perfect every time. To spell correctly. Yeah, so it worked. Like, because you can't erase pen. So the whole point was, I'm not going to give you the pen license when you're going to make mistakes. Makes sense. You can only write in pen when you write correctly. That way you don't have to erase it because you can't. No, once it's down. Then you got to get whiteout and whiteout. I don't think whiteout was around in elementary school, but it was in high school. I don't know how old it is. It might have been uh, around. I remember getting my first tube of whiteout in like grade six, so like ninety five in there right, somewhere. Right, right, right. But it was like, whoa, this gets rid of ink. But it doesn't really. But it doesn't. But you can. You got to wait for it to dry, and no one ever did. Well. And then the whiteout tape. You remember that? Stuff? That was the shit. It was. Because it was like... The yeah. friggin' stupid, goopy paintbrush crap. It was terrible. And then you'd be like, <laughs> blowing on it. It'd be all clumpy. And then when you had to write over it, it was all fucked up. It looked like shit. It did. You were better off just lying through it right again. Yeah, but that, that, that tape. But then, oh. you'd, but then you'd waste it. You'd be like taping random, stupid <laughs> crap, spelling shit on your binder. You'd be like, well... Guess I need more. I'm out of that. And I just made a mistake. Does anybody have any of that goopy stuff? <laughs> yeah, man. Different dimes. Yeah, now they take, like, laptops to grade, like, two. Yeah, yeah, true. True. Well, I, I don't know. I haven't been there in such a long time. It's been... Well, I don't think you can be Billy Madison and go back. It's been a while <laughs> since school, that's for sure. I'm sure the whole curriculum has changed. I'd hope so. Um... Well, hope so, yes, hope so, no, in a way, right? Um, well, you hope they're learning more than we learned. Because we're around the same age, right? I believe so. Like, I'm I believe so. 39, and you're, what, 35? Yeah, 35, so four so, years yeah, difference. So, yeah, we're within the same, we, t- we learn the same stuff in school. Yep. Taught the same curriculum. Yep. Imagine if my kid was learning the same stuff we did. I'm like, man, you're so far behind. Well, I think I caught the tail end of a certain generation, yeah, you probably did. Um, you were probably right at the end and right at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because even transitioning from elementary school to high school, uh, where we lived, they had just built a high school. So they had all these new computers, uh, with, you know, with color, not, not not the old, old... Oh, come on, man. I had color monitors in high school. Well, I remember, like, there being just a small little monitor that was only, like, like rectangular. Orange and, black. and yeah, 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 it was mostly black and white, you yep. know. Uh, but then those iMacs or whatever with the green oh, and see-through okay. screens. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So that new school was built, and it was like, whoa, walk into the computer room. <laughs> But even, you know, the uh, the games and stuff. Um, We're no longer Doom. Well, they weren't the, like, I'm sure they've changed as, as oh, per yeah. now. Because, oh, man. Anyway, old, oh, old games. Changing times, giant, but, again, times change even now, you know. Uh, well, think uh, about however it. it is now, it won't be like that in the future. 
Well, think of how times have changed as we were talking earlier, off recording. Mario. He went from this little plumber guy that's ultimate superpower was a fire flower, and now... He's flying in space. Yeah. With no helmet or anything. No, he's like, hey, I'm Mario. I can do whatever the hell I want. Yeah, yeah. I'm like a god. What? And Luigi's like my taller, skinnier brother that everyone's like, screw that guy. He wears green. Hey, now. I like green. Hey, Luigi was my favorite. Yeah, absolutely he was. Because my favorite color was green. Green Ranger, green. Green everything. See, I was a Red Ranger. Red's my favorite color, except for Mario. Red Ranger, well, hey. First leader, just like the point. Red and green, they were, that was, that was, they were were the best. 100% they were. Like. I mean, the Blue Ranger with his stupid bow staff thing. I mean, Tommy, it wasn't fair, really. Why, because he had a wicked flute that could Well, no, yeah, because they just, they just brought him in, like, hey, what's up? Uh, You didn't know this guy existed? But he's the ultimate badass. He makes everybody else look like a like like nothing. He's gonna show up and destroy the entire team easily. And he's gonna bring the world what to like its happening? knees with a friggin' flute. Really is what he did. Oh, it was amazing though. Oh, it was awesome. His dragon was the same size as the entire Megabot. Yeah, that's true. He was. Like all of them had these little tiny, stupid little animals that they had to build to make something big. Just to take. But he just played his flute. Freaking Godzilla came out of the water. <laughs> massive. Say, hey. What's going on? I brought my thing, too. Whatever, rich guy. That's <laughs> pretty much what it is. He was like the rich dude. of the. Uh, hey, guys. I know I didn't do all the same work that you did, but I brought my huge jet. <laughs> all right. You know, and it's better than ours that we had to build out of youth parts. Whatever. <laughs> Oh, man. Did you have any of those toys back in the day, like where you'd like push the belt and their heads flip around? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For some reason, I had a Men in Black toy of the alien who owned the shop. Okay, yeah. And his head would transform into like a hole and then to an alien head. Oh, that's pretty cool. You could go through. Um, But the only problem is a lot of those figurines that had those multi-actions it was just more stuff to break oh for sure 100% sometimes the head wouldn't flip anymore and you'd go oh great screwed yeah well I had the I had the whole friggin lineup of those morphin ranger toy things yeah yeah so like 20 years ago I found them all and I'm like whoa they had all the weapons that could form the stupid blaster thing yeah the weapons are gone then, huh. I, then they were sold in a garage sale, and I'm like, oh. oh. I know. I had heard that when I was younger, um, all my toys got put into a shed when we lived in a house, and the landlord, like, took it all. Oh, no. Or something like that. Or, like, we moved, and they forgot it, or something. Oh, like, that sucks. But, but, the higher view me will remind myself that they are only objects... They will one day disintegrate. And all that mattered was that when I needed them in my life, they were there, and I played with them. You could look at it a different way, too. Because I was never a kid that collected. And my, my I had relatives that would try. Like I remember I got this collectible toy, 
And the relatives are like, well, now this is very special. And I'm just like, rip open the package. Like, <laughs> screw that. This guy's going in the sandbox. Peace. And they're like, well, so much for telling him not to play with it. I'm like, what, what kind of world is this? Who gives a kid a toy? I'm yeah, wa- to play with yeah. What, what, what am I going to do? Walk around with a package? Like, do-do-do. <laughs> <laughs> Lame. So, and to be honest, I don't regret that. See, I, I kind of got over thinking, okay, yeah, it sucked that these things are gone. And I actually wanted to kind of keep them, just to be like, hey, look, this is when I was a kid. But then I realized my parents sold them to somebody who was giving them to their kids to have as much fun or more fun than I did. Well, here's another thing to make you think. They got melted down and turned into some toy that my kid's playing with? No. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Or some schmuck took them was yeah, like, eBay, here we go, 50 a, bucks. I love that you said that. Like, maybe not the exact toys you had, but maybe similar toys got melted down, and now that now they're the figurines that the kids play with today. There's, there's, I'm sure, some possibility in that. But the other thing is, because of changing times and changing mindsets, for example... I was very excited to show my younger brother, quite an age gap, the old consoles. Never got the reaction I wanted. He wasn't, like, blown away or anything? Right. And most kids today wouldn't be. They would look at it and go, okay, is that it? And you'd be left going, oh. But it's not to be... It's not to be looked at as like disappointing, right? Like it's it's almost a, a a fuel for gratitude to say, "Wow, this was special to me at that time in my life, or in or, or in that generation that I grew up in." That's true. And that's all that matters, you know. Uh, what it reminds me of is when I was going through items after my grandmother had passed away and I went to the kitchen and opened up the cupboard and seen the coffee mugs and there was three or four maybe even five coffee mugs that I distinctly remember seeing throughout my childhood my grandparents would drink Mm -hmm. so I took some mugs some of the mugs I have are like two of them at least were mugs that my grandparents had okay but in that moment, I realized that the only thing that gave the mug any value was my memory of it. If any Joe Blow saw that mug, they'd be like, what is this piece of junk? And they'd probably throw it out because they would think it's just a mug. That's right. But it is just a mug. But it's something to you. But it's not the mug. No, it's, it's the, the memory. memory, right? And it's no different than those old video games, those old consoles. It's the memory that counts, not the item. Because I have a Nintendo, a Super Nintendo, and a Sega. I don't really play them because I did already. I played through my childhood. I have them. It's still awesome, though. Yeah. But what I'm saying, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Oh, well, Zach and my son and his buddies, they were talking about all the old systems one day. And I said, you know what? I have a Sega. Mm. And they kind of looked at me and went, huh? No, seriously. I have a Sega from, like, 1994. I'll break it out. Now, it... Two controllers plugged in, one port's euchred. Again, it's from almost 30 years ago, so something's going to be bad. What I put on, I think it was Sonic Spinball. Did you ever play that game? And they were like, this isn't Sonic. I'm like, you damn right it is. 
<laughs> Don't give me that crap. Well, I have Sonic 2. That originally came with the console. For yeah. Sega. And again, like, even my brother was like, oh, yeah, this is a famous Sonic. And I'm yep. like, it is. But then when we, when we play, he's like, this game sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and all these years later, I'm like, it actually does kind of suck. I mean, I, I'm not going <laughs> to sit here and say it's... Like, what are you talking about, bro? Look how, like... Look how 2D it is. Like, when I played it, I was like, what the hell am I even doing? Like, when I was playing a game, I'm like, what is the goal here? <laughs> Get as many rings, spin around, and go fast. Right, but it, yeah. it's it, it's not like Mario. Mario was an ingeniously thought-out game. He was, yeah. Where the 100%. courses, like, you know what you're supposed to do, but there are certain games, like even Sonic, where certain parts are confusing. You keep looping back into the same thing, and you're going, "What is happening?" And they don't explain it to you, you know. Like the old games, there was no explanation. It was like, "Hey, figure it out." <laughs> Cover looks cool. You figure it out. <laughs> There's a way, but you got to figure it out. And we couldn't uh, look up the answers because there was oh, no internet. No. Just like uh, I saw this funny meme the other day that said, uh, "Kids today." have no idea how lucky they are to be able to look up all lyrics of all songs. Oh, freak. We because in our generation, forever. we sat there singing it wrong for 20 years <laughs> just to be let down in the end, and it wasn't even that way. <laughs> we look it up now, we're like, that's not the word. That's, well, it does sound similar to what I thought, but now when I put what I thought, what I thought was dumb. <laughs> it, it made no sense. I was just sounding it out in my head. You know what you can look up? How to finish Ninja Turtles for the original Nintendo. Because nobody's friggin' done it. Dude. I think it might be Sega. I don't know. I think it might even be original Nintendo. But I have a game. Roger Rabbit. Dude. That's like a rare game, too. It's so dumb. (laughs) It's the dumbest game with no explanation at all. So you put it in the game and you're like, what's up? You're Eddie Valiant. Okay, you're a Sweet. cop. I'm a detective. I know what's up. You're in this house. You're like, what the hell am I doing in here? It's not even based what do on I a do? movie. You walk around. You kick a couple of things and they break. And you're going, what am I even looking for? I don't know. Then you figure out how to leave the building. And you find out that you're in a huge city of a million buildings that look identical. <laughs> and you're going, what's happening? And then all of a sudden, the weasels come down the road and kill you. You're going, okay, what's happening? <laughs> and so apparently you're just supposed to go through the whole village, going into every house, and like maybe five of the hundred houses have clues. And you're supposed to figure out a way. Anyway, we played for like three hours, and it was, I don't even, th- I think we accomplished absolutely nothing in, the, in, in that time. Did you have a good time playing for three hours? No. Oh, okay, never mind. By the <laughs> end, I was, I was going... Wow, but it reminded me. Well, for starters, well, for starters, what am I saying? It's interesting, it's funny, but it's also a little sad. Just that we, as humans, we adapt so quickly to how things are now. That we were the same kids that grew up with those Nintendo games... And we love them. 100%. But when we play them now, even our own mind is going, what is this? 
because we live in this time too. That's right. I'm used to exactly how it is, just like everyone else is. I'm used to having the internet now. I'm used to how games look. I'm used to how movies are made. Mind you, I do go look for old classic movies, and I have a quite a little collection. And I've watched them, and they've been like, oof. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty rough. Yeah, but you're but comparing... I try to move past and see the story of it. You're comparing the movies from then to now. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, uh, or trying to explain is... Uh, it's kind of sad that, that the changing times have changed our appreciation for some of the older stuff. 100% Even it though it doesn't compare to what is created now, it was still a beautiful and ingenious invention or creation for its time. You oh, know? hell yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I definitely try to remind myself of that, especially with the older generation of things. Well, if you think about it, like you take movies from... Oh, black and geez. white movies and stuff? Man, oh, so to... different. I was gonna say like even Star Wars, the original. Eighties. Like they use stop motion animation. Yeah. That's obsolete now. Yeah. Like no one does that crap anymore. Well, for the uh, hovercraft, they 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 couldn't make anything rise above the air. So the hovercraft itself that they drove in the very first Star Wars, well, the fourth movie actually. First one. Had wheels. So uh, uh, the director just put Vaseline on the camera under the ship to make it blurry. That's all they did to make it look like it was flying. Did you see that? It had wheels. Did you see that documentary on Disney Plus about it? I'm pretty sure I have a. I at one point I had a special edition. Okay. uh, New Hope, Empire Strikes Back. uh, That came out on VHS, where they were like, never before. All kinds of bonus stuff, and you're like, I'm gonna buy this. And it's like five minutes of bonus. Yeah, it was And you know what's funny? One of the biggest changes they made is they put a beak mouth in the Sarlacc pit in Return of the Jedi. Okay, yeah, I remember. I think it looks stupider with that. <laughs> the original, it was just the a original. hole with teeth. It was. That was awesome. It was like a giant sandworm. And then they. The original was supposed to be like a beak mouth sticking out of it with with ten, with well there was tentacles in the old one. Yeah, there was. So it doesn't it doesn't work together. Like when when you see them playing the original movie with the beak mouth, when like Boba Fett falls in, he doesn't fall into the beak mouth. It's like the beak mouth is there and he just falls like behind it, and you're going, what the hell is that? <laughs> it didn't even eat him. What? And now we find out that apparently he survived. Yeah, if you watch them all and follow the story, and what's the... Well, because of the Book of Boba Fett. is yeah. a show now that, yes. that, that depicts what happened. And, and the uh, comics uh, do portray it a little bit differently. But the point is, the guy lived. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, if you think about it, if they were to use stop-motion animation now, which they won't, everything's CGI, so they can make it real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like Star Wars would be It's kind of interesting, different. you know, to think about God, we might have had Jar Jar Binks earlier. Old times versus new times cuz think of this. Here's something to stick into your noodle. Well, dude, personal. Um Older movies, mm-hmm. stop motion animation. It was almost like Hey, just so we all know, that stuff can't be real. 
But in today's movies, it looks real. Oh, absolutely. So really, if you think about it from a mindset, it's almost more confusing, especially to younger kids. You know, like a younger us could watch an old movie and be like, it doesn't look real. That's because it isn't. Ah, I could tell because it didn't look like it was actually flying. But a kid watches a movie today, it looks real. 100%. And then you got to try to explain to that child, no, it's not real. Yeah, it is. I just saw it, dude. It looked like a... No, uh, they have amazing technology now. It's all a lie. It's like worse, you know? It's If you think about that for a moment, it's, but the it's harder from... to see the difference between reality now. It is. In, the... Back in the 70s, 60s, 50s, whenever, people would see movies like Jaws, Star Wars, whatever even whatever you see the shark in jaws you're like now you're like, that's not a shark Back right then they'd be like whoa man look at the size of that those things are that, that big holy crap yeah yeah of course true you, you watch star wars you're like hey look at the tauntaun i want to ride one of those but even then if you watch jaws and then god help you actually watch a documentary on sharks you'd go because i was a kid i watched jaws heck yeah and then i also watched documentaries on sharks there was documentaries then. Absolutely, there was. And then I would go, uh, I have a question. <laughs> Why is that? Why do these sharks move way differently than Jaws did? Well, you mean a shark not doing this? Oh, because Jaws wasn't a real shark. See, these sharks? They're real. Yeah, well, they look a lot skinnier. And, like, I thought great whites were, like, way bigger. They're big, but they're not Jaws big. Maybe there's a few that are, that just ate really well or something, depending on what environment they live in. Oh, there probably but, is. But uh, we could figure it out then. If they'd have made the Jaws now, they'd have made it look real. Way realer than it did then. So we would have been going, oh my god, that is a real shark. Because the CGI and, and, and the graphics would make it look so real, our brains would have a much harder time... Because we would probably watch that movie, watch a documentary, and they'd move the same way. And they'd look similar. Versus back then, Jaws didn't really move like a shark uh, at all. Move it like a shark at all. No. He just was like a blimp in the water, <laughs> just coasting. Hey, what's up? I'm so huge, I have my own momentum. I never have to actually swim. <laughs> also... <laughs> I could go faster than a boat. <laughs> it, it literally ate a boat. And it went faster than one. I'm pretty sure in the... It pulled a boat. I'm pretty sure in the third one, which was the worst movie of all time. No. The fourth one. The fourth one, it pulled a boat. It also bit a guy's arm off in the air. No, but they left the ocean that the shark was in on like a high-powered speedboat... And went down to some tropical island thing way far away. And when they got there, the shark was already there waiting for them. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> it was like, sup? I'm the fastest shark ever. Also, <laughs> that's what human flesh does. Gives me extra energy. Only if it eats Usain Bolt. Okay. <laughs> At the time, it wouldn't have been Usain Bolt. It would have been uh, Johnson or Bailey or whatever. Uh, it's been so long since I've seen Jaws the Revenge and by the way it was still better than the third one Jaws 3D was horrible I did like the part where that photographer dude got eaten and then his dead body was just in the mouth (laughs) 
And when they crashed through the console at the end of the movie, yeah. and was trying to eat them, the dead guy was in the mouth with a grenade in his hand. And they were like, huh, a stick with a hook. Pop the grenade out of the guy's head. Dead shark. How did the shark keep coming back when it was blown up every movie? It's like Jason. No, Jason wasn't blown up to smithereens into no, literally shark bait. He wasn't. He wasn't. Well, yeah, he was blown up more than once. True. But he went to hell. So Satan be like, hey, back you go. I think they're related. It, oh. Yeah. I mean, Jason's from the water. So his best friend was uh, Jaws the shark. So what are they hanging he out? He knew him since he was a little baby. So what are they hanging out, cracking beers, being like, hey, and let maybe, me and, the guy I ate. And maybe he was like, you know what? Everybody's always been teasing me my whole life. I'm a freak. Because he doesn't look, you know, he's, he's got some issues. Some. Uh, and he goes, but also, I have powers. You're my only friend, Jaws. I'm going to do you a solid. <laughs> Drinks are of my blood. It won't kill me. And it'll give you power. Maybe that's what happened. He bit Jason. He was like, whoa, I feel weird now. He's like, trust me. You can't die. <laughs> Sweet. So then, are we over like 20, almost like 30 years overdue for a new Jaws movie? Because, I, I mean, Jason puts out movies like every other year that just seem to get worse every not, year. Not recently. Oh, no. I think they, yeah, they, they, they brought that franchise back, I thought. Well, the last, I don't know. I don't know. We're getting way off topic here with these friggin' movies. Ugh. Well, you did say we could talk about anything. We both like movies. I did. I did. My favorite movie turned CGI on its head and changed the movie scheme landscape forever. Classic. Dude, it is a classic now. It's over 25 years old. Yeah, that makes you feel old. It does now. Thank you. Absolutely. Yep. Whoa. Yeah. There's something to think about. Time flying. What's the first movie you ever saw in the theater? That I can remember? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Land Before Time. Oh, I had that. <laughs> nice. Also, Spielberg movie. I was not a child when I saw that first movie, and it was in a drive-in. It wasn't in an actual fixed theater. No, I'm wrong. The first movie I seen in a movie theater was in an actual building. Cineplex on where oh, it was in, for life it was, was? In, it was in Ottawa. Oh, okay. That's where I grew up. Oh, I just revealed my location. No, that's where I was born. Uh, it was Dante's Peak. Nice. That's a great movie. It is. It is. The first movie I saw in a drive-in was uh, Men in Black. Uh, Power Rangers movie. Nice. With ooze. Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. Great times. And think about it. Like, the drive-in here no longer operates. I drove by it the other day, and I was... I went sad. to that theater, you know, when I lived in Kingston. I went and saw some movies in that theater. I saw a lot of movies there. It was a good spot. Fun world. And I went go-karting. So did I. That was good times, too. Oh, man. And the mini golf they had. What else? Oh, they had batting cages. Batting, yeah, I did that, too. I did all of it. The mini golf, the batting cages. Oh, man. You know what I miss? Arcades. Oh, man. That was Dude, great times. Dude, when I lived in Ottawa... 
there was uh, arcades, and the chain was called Midway. Okay. And it was, they were huge, dude. They were like half the size of the Front Neck Mall, the building. You walk in there, wall to wall games. Some of them were huge, and they had indoor mini putt. Every birthday party for my whole childhood, I was where do you want to go? <laughs> Are you seriously asking me that? Oh yeah, <laughs> right, the arcade. Yeah. And then you get tokens and you get prizes. I remember when I was older, moved to Kingston. Chuck E. Cheese. I go there. I'm like, this is the lamest shit I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. I was so disappointed. I, I was pretty much, I was like, hey, Brad, we're leaving. <laughs> See, my brother's like, yeah, this isn't as fun as I thought. I'm like, these games. Like, it wasn't Midway, man. Midway, oh. You're a little kid. You walk in, first game, Terminator 2 with huge machine guns. Oh, and you're man. like, yes! I have Terminator 2 for Sega. Sweet. Yeah, dude. It is. It's hard. All like, games of old are hard. When I was growing up, there was an arcade at the Cataraqui Mall. So whenever we were there, for whatever reason, I'd be like, yo, Dad, can I have like $5 in quarters? Oh, man. And they were only like one quarter. They weren't like yeah. three bucks for a freaking game now. That last three seconds. And you're like, well, yeah. oh, that was dumb. Like five dollars gets you five dollars gets you twenty tokens. One game is twenty five tokens. What the hell is this? I oh my god! So you always have tokens left over? Always. And you're like, I'm never gonna use this crap again. It's true. It's true. So speaking about childhood times, at least in our life, that we spoke earlier over lunch yeah. about the imagination in our mind and childhood. Try to bring it all around and just share something. Uh, the, the weekend that just passed, I went up to a, uh, a wedding. Nice pictures, by uh, the way. For a cousin. Uh, and when I grew up, this was... Well, they were really my only cousins. And there was five cousins under one roof. So it was the ultimate funhouse as a kid for me. You know, especially growing up with not the most friends and such. If I could choose to go anywhere, it would be go to my uncle and aunt's because... I had five cousins. Now, they were all different ages, so uh, the youngest two, well, the youngest of all was pretty well a baby most of the time that I grew up with them, but the rest of them could actually partake in a lot of the playing. Okay, yeah. Um, so anyway, I go to this wedding. The time has passed between us all. Many, many years. I'd say 20 years I've seen each other periodically, but Not together, people not grow, get in relationships, get jobs. We all got our own path, our own journey. Life happens. So I show up to the wedding, happy to be there. But I felt like a distance between us all because so much time had passed. Like, I don't know you guys anymore. You don't know me. I show up to the wedding. I wasn't expecting a huge, a huge welcome, but I just felt in myself like, oh, man, time is gone. Bye. We don't know each other the same, and it kind of sucks a little. So I push that away in my mind, and I'm going, okay, that doesn't matter. Think about where you are right now. Think about the present moment. I'm here at this beautiful venue celebrating something very important. Honored that I was even invited. Here I am, looking at the sky. And then as I start thinking, doesn't my intuition say to me? I used to grow up with these kids, with all these cousins. We spent our childhood years together. And this voice says, get up, 
and go be the kid that they all remember you to be. So I got up, ran up like a kid. Yeah. Started grabbing them one by one, sneaking up behind them, hugging them, and didn't they all just open up? Just like, like you picked up where you left off. Like they looked at me like, there you are. I haven't seen you in so long. And there was some reconnection there. And it was emotional, but it was beautiful. But it was, I was a kid again. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was you get like, to go back. we're talking about how the kid in you was so powerful. And that's what reconnected me with uh, with my cousins. And then the other big lesson there was I I tried to be the change that I wanted. I I had a more I had a probably a thousand reasons to just say, well, if they want to talk to me, they can come and say something to me. And then maybe I would have never connected with them again. But like in life, right? If I want something to happen, I have to get up and make it happen. If I want to talk to somebody or somebody bothered me, I can't sit there and say they should say sorry. I should say that what they did bothered me. But the main thing is I got to do it, right? Anything I want, I have to initiate. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we don't want to do it. It's much easier to say, I'm not going to say anything. They know they shouldn't have done that. And and, And if they really were sorry, they would come to me. And then you never talk to the person again, aside from saying, hey, look, you know, you going to that person and saying, I know we've had our differences. Here's what happened. Here's how it made me feel. But, like, you initiate talking about it. You know what I mean? Like, everything is about if I want to, if I want someone to know, if I want to, I got to do it. Otherwise, and that was a big experience for me because if I didn't get up off that chair and go and say hi to each one of them in that way, there's a really good chance that they might have felt the distance too, and I would have just sat there and thought to myself, "Oh, well, that's what it is. We're we've 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 grown apart." But instead, it was like, "No, no, I want to try to do something different." So I'm gonna get up. What do I have to lose? You know, it was uh, helpful. You know, it's no different at work. Like if I see somebody struggling. Instead of going to other people and saying, hey, I saw so-and-so doing this. What an idiot. I'll go tell them. I'll go try to help them. I'll get off what I'm doing and I'll say, hey, I, I saw you doing that thing there and that's fine, but try this. Oh, man, that's way easier. Just uh, try to help out, you know. But a lot of, a, a lot of people, it's like we just... We Maybe. judge, and then we're like, we, then, then we start going and going, that guy's an idiot. Maybe they just don't know, you know? And that's not to say there are different categories here. <laughs> I am of the mindset that everybody deserves explanation and a chance and to be shown the correct way. If after that you choose to ignore and you choose to continue making mistakes, that is on you. Oh, absolutely. But for many people, that right way was never shown. And they only know the wrong way. And then all of a sudden, they're branded stupid. And nobody wants to work with them. When if, like, there's just a chance that that, that the right approach and the right patience could really turn somebody around. But that requires a lot. You know, like like patience. And for somebody who 
has battled with anger in my life, patience is something I've really had to work on. Because patience is the only cure to anger. Is it really? I would say it's, yeah. Based off of most of what I've read, it's Hmm. like the antidote to anger and frustration is patience. Because nothing else will quell or ease up anger in the same way. Nothing. There's there's always room for like, yeah, but they still should they they still should have give them give them that chance. And again, I would say it's probably a fine line there with patience. Patience for me is I'm patient that you made the mistake. I'm patient that you don't know. I will show you the way, and I'm patient that you might not understand it the first time I tell you. But if I thoroughly explain it, have you say it back to me so I know you understand, and then you take my lesson, crumple it up like a piece of paper, and throw it in the garbage, I don't have to keep showing patience. I've already shown patience. If you want to choose to remain ignorant, then you will get everything that ignorance brings you which is nobody that wants to work with you people saying stuff behind your back you know I mean the best of us will get talked about you can't really get away from that we all do we all hear stuff right 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 no and we've all dealt with people considering we work together Mm -hmm. that we could show a thousand times we can teach a thousand times train a thousand times and there's just yeah. no getting through for whatever reason the hard thing and that's again that's hard to be patient it is hard to be patient I 100% agree but as somebody who does enjoy teaching I can't so The general thing I'll say is not everybody can explain exactly what someone needs to hear. So for that, there's understanding. Meaning that you could try and try and try and maybe you're just not saying it the way they need. And maybe somebody else somewhere down the road will say it in that way. So I'm not going to blame people like, oh, you didn't try hard enough because maybe you just didn't know that they needed to be told in this exact sequence. You know, you just know your sequence and you teach and they go, I don't get it. You know, like I get that. You're still trying. Everybody That's learns differently. Thing. Right. 100% right. everybody does. But I definitely feel like, because I've had experiences where I'm trying to teach somebody something and they're, it seems like they're not getting it. And then, and then that'll be followed by kind of, almost sitting down with them and going, hey man, what's up? What's going on? Something's going on. What do you mean? Well, I, it seems like you're having a really hard time paying attention. Let's talk. What's going on? You got some stuff going on outside of here? Like, you don't have to tell me, but like, what's going on? Because there has to be something. There has to be a reason why they're not, why they're not able to grasp what you're saying. So then, then that comes to my mind. Like, how, how do I find out what that thing is? Because, yeah, like, sometimes you're teaching somebody and their mind says, well, you should be able to do this, but you're struggling. But they don't want to tell you that they're struggling. So they just keep trying but messing up. 
And then you're going, what the fuck? That's a pride thing, I think. You know? Yeah, but we have to get over that shit. Like, we have to go, look. I get this, I get this, but I keep losing my mind here. Okay. Let's well, work on it. Yeah, but it takes two to tango. Absolutely. Right? right? And then, so my thing is, like, how do I let you know that you can tell me anything at the same time but also saying like but you also gotta you gotta tell me what's going on because you know uh it's like i can't have you not know like i like it's almost like everything's all misconstrued now you're not threatening them you're simply saying listen there's a process i have a certain amount of time so I need you to work with me. Because if you surpass that time, they're going to say to me, how is so-and-so doing? And I'm going to tell them exactly how you're doing. And if you're not doing good, I need people here that do good. Because this is what we do. And you're not saying like, and you better do this, and you better... Because people do that in this world. And when you do that, now they're like, oh, God, I don't like you. And there's all this turmoil going on in your head. And then they really get you afraid know? to make a mistake. That's what I brought up in that meeting was about the yeah, training. Yeah. And about, you know, the passion that is required. And, you know, I was going to say, if that if that opportunity ever come up, would you do it? Like, if they came to you and said, look, we want to make a standard here to run that line, will you be that trainer? Yeah, I'm not saying, When? About the same time you became a trainer on the trucks? Right, right. But they haven't they haven't done it like they should. So what I'm saying is going forward, if they decided to like... Standardize training? Well, you know what I said? I said to them... Uh, I don't know. I can say it. Oh, yeah. I said... Uh, I said, you guys go to summits and stuff a lot for your training. I said, that's that's cool. I said, but... Uh, well, they have supervisor courses they go to. I said, where's Kingston Summit? Yeah. And I mean Kingston Summit all four crews. Hell yeah. When is that? And then he they goes... should do it. Huh. And I saw some wheels turning and some heads. And they went, well, that would require, like, legit shutting the plant down for a couple of days. And I'm like, but what would the payoff be? If all four of us got to just get everything out, we've never had that. No. That would be huge. We haven't even had that on one crew. That would be huge to be able to to just go over everything in like a three-day weekend or something. All four crews, we talk about everything. I'd be the guy in the truck saying, here's everything we're doing. Why aren't you doing it? Because now is the time. Tell us. Because I come in and I see you guys aren't doing it. I'm not calling you out. I'm trying to get through stuff. And then you, you can be on your line. And then maybe after all of it, they go, we're going to make one crew the template. And all the other crews are going to get on board and, and be, you know what I mean? Like, there's potential there. But it's not, there's certain people that need to make certain decisions. Absolutely. Because my whole point was, you got to go in your deck and pull out your best cards you got to set the standard, and you got to use your best cards to show the rest. And then, once they show the rest and sign off, that's the way. No more, oh, you could do it. No, you can't do it that way. This is how you do it. This is the way every single time. And if you do it this way, everything's going to work out. And then, yeah, maybe you'll have to go through and 
make adjustments and and uh, you know see who's got value in what regions. But you know it's a business. It is a business, and money is the focus on that. That's with, what I'm saying. As with any business. And and what is money? It's production. It all boils down to if you have everybody doing the same gold standard. That's what I'm saying. Yes. And it's going to be, again, ideal. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, It'd be nice if they could do that because then maybe everybody could get on the same page. And and it would be a great opportunity because, sure, I'm, I guarantee you some people would get hot. Oh, hell yeah. But we would be able to share and explain. And it's, I mean, I know if I was involved, I would make damn sure that people didn't get... Over, I would be like, okay, you said this. Now, what are you saying? Now, let's write those two things down and let's go through it. Now, I hear what you're saying, but do you agree with me that you can't do this and expect this result? Yeah, I have to agree. You know, like that's that's what has to happen. It's like you have to see where the mistakes are, and then you have to accept that you've made mistakes. And then it's like, okay, we all make mistakes. Now, let's all get up start over you know it's like tomorrow's a new day kind of a thing i kind of get a feel excuse me with the new leadership involved and i'm hoping maybe but this is how i see it that they're trying to get everybody through the negativity that we've for some reason has just exploded well i had talked to the manager and i said what you're doing is great and i said you're trying to bring the spark back of everybody, yep. but there are people in here that whose sparks are buried. Oh, if they're, they're not, not gone. No, it's impossible to be gone. It's physically impossible for you to completely lose a spark, but it can get super deep buried. Like, it may look like it's not there, but it's there. Um, and that's what I want to be involved in. I want to be involved in helping anybody and everybody find the spark that's already there and start digging it out themselves. Um, because, in my opinion, you can't just say, okay, everybody buckle up. It's not enough. You've got to be open and you've got to be like, look, I know, I know you might be frustrated, so let's talk about where that frustration even came from. And why it's still here. And I've been studying this for years. Your mindset. And and I would have a whole class. I would talk to everybody about exactly how that seed was planted all those years ago. And here it is now. And how to chop that tree down and plant something new. You know? Because at the end of the day, you're responsible for your happiness. Because deep down, I know every person that comes in on a miserable day, they don't want to be miserable. It's just a habit. Or whatever it is. And it's about realizing... And changing that way, you know, because there's so much potential. Uh, but as for training and teaching, you have to have qualified people who have a passion to teach, to properly teach. Because what happens is you get people that don't want to teach, you make them teach, they don't teach right. They don't care. Then people learn the wrong way and they have a terrible experience in learning because they're confused and they don't know what they're doing and they make mistakes. Then people brand them as idiots because they didn't teach them right, and there's all this terrible stuff happens. And again, it doesn't mean there's people that choose not to listen, but everybody deserves at least that chance to be shown correctly. I've definitely had many 
times where I've shown somebody our truck something and they've went, you know what, no one ever showed me that. And now that you've showed me that, it makes so much more sense. And then their confidence builds up a little bit and they actually approach it in a different way. I thrive off of that stuff. Like, how do I, how do I do that, you know? See, when I worked on another cruise, they'd be, I'd see them struggling with something that, you know, I've been up there forever in a day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, just try this. This is what I do. And like, they do it, and it's like, you see the epiphany. Yes. And they like, I was never shown this. I'm like, well, I don't know why. Like, this is how yeah. we've always kind of gotten around this one issue, and it, it saves you literally messing around for hours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, this makes it a lot easier. We get it done faster. I'm like, absolutely. Right. It's just... Maybe it's experience not being passed on. I don't know. That is what it is. That that's it. That there's no way it couldn't be that, you know. And it's it's experience being passed on mixed also with like the other passion I have is to remind you how to be driven and to remind you that every day you wake up, you almost better kiss the floor that you're alive. And if you start looking at life and at least trying to in that way, you're going to start having better days. And if you start realizing that if you've got a life that's very hectic, work is your friend. It's an opportunity for you to come and just focus on your job and clear your mind of everything else. You can literally make a difference at work. But most of us will come to work with all the baggage that we're dealing with outside of work. And we're continuously trying to juggle everything on our mind, which is literally impossible. So now, because you're juggling, you'll never just focus on the one task. You'll have everything else mixed in, so you'll make mistakes. And you'll become forgetful. You'll forget to do certain steps. And until you can separate that in your mind, you're going to continuously make mistakes. Like, but again, it's like, if nobody explains to people, do this and this will happen, then I can't be mad at them if they don't do it because they don't know. Like, that's how I try to, it, it helps me, like, to not hate or, 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 or really, because I, I spent years of my life, you know, uh, judging and being like, being angry. You're an idiot, yep. and and really, at the end of the day, they simply weren't shown. They weren't shown, and it wasn't explained to them, so they were essentially walking in kind of blind, trying to wing it. Didn't want to disappoint anybody. Ended up disappointing people, and then that probably brings up some kind of trauma, right? Because if you were brought up, always getting in trouble, and then now you don't want to disappoint people. Like people go through so much have a lot of issues. Oh, man. Yeah. How did we tie in Jaws to work to... Uh, I changed it over with the whole childhood thing with the <laughs> wedding and then uh, and then with just certain mindsets. Um, yeah, you know, movies were good and sometimes bad. You know, I mean, oh. some movies don't exactly share the best message that we Snakes might have. on a plane. That we might have well, I mean, <laughs> you know. Come on, uh, you got to give that one to me. I've, I, I watched some pretty violent movies at a young age, uh, sneaking and 
stealing VHSs uh, to watch, you know, when the parents were sleeping or something, of a lot of gore and blood. It wasn't exactly positive. It was like, hey, uh, let's go blow this guy's head off. Yeah, movies will teach you, like, if something's scary, kill the shit out of it. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> Hmm. You you can also get warped with Disney movies too, because it's all happiness and deers hanging out with rabbits and raccoons and skunks. Yeah, yeah. It, there's there's definitely some confusion there for sure, for sure. But they're aimed at like five year olds, so I mean, little girls are like, I want to be a mermaid like Ariel. Well, yeah, okay, that's not feasible, but you do that. True. They're very true. Very true. Like you're you're not a princess. What do you mean? Well, we weren't born into royalty, as you can see. And I'm pretty uh, sure there's no guy half deer, elk, you know, wildebeest in a castle waiting for you to come along to save the flower from hitting the ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's something, eh? It really is. Although I would pay to see a talking clock. Do you know what movie that I found that I watched as a kid? Uh, the Brave Little Toaster. Man, that movie's friggin' amazing. I have it now. Oh, I love that movie. I you watched it I... again. It didn't hit the same, but it was still... I still remembered all of it. Did you know there's a second one? Yeah, they go to Mars. How the hell does a toaster get to Mars? Yeah, that's a good question. When I saw that, I was going, wow. You really uh, you really just let the ball drop on that one, boys. They were <laughs> like, hey, let's do a sequel. And the executive was probably like, look... <laughs> Nobody wants to see a toaster. Yeah, I mean, even when I showed my brother, he was like, a toaster? Yeah, dude. A toaster. Yeah. Yeah. What was his name? Toaster. <laughs> and a lamp. Yeah, dude. He was a favorite guy. Lamp was awesome. What was the lamp's name? Lamp. <laughs> yeah. But the radio had a name. Yeah. No, he did. It was radio. No, I thought it was the name of the radio. No, the only one that had a name was the vacuum. It was Kirby. Oh. But Blanky was Blanky. Yeah. Toaster was Toaster. Lamp was Lamp. And radio was radio. And Buddy that owned them was the master. Figure that shit out. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure they've heard the guy's name a billion times being in and his the bedroom. air conditioner. I can't help being stuck in this stupid wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it really doesn't hit the same now that, you know, we're, like... Well, even years. as a kid, I was like, whoa, I was really flabbergasted by talking appliances. I want to know how the toaster saved the day. I mean, he was like, hey, we're going to cross this traffic. How? Oh, I'm a fucking toaster. I'll figure it out. Yeah. They were like, look, we've been sitting here for years waiting for this so-called master. I mean, really, we... Uh, we remember him as a young child. And he's going to go into college now. <laughs> and he's it's not even the same dude at all. It's that, <laughs> Clearly, they don't use the cottage too often. <laughs> if I had a cottage, I'd be there every summer. Not them. They used it once when the kid was eight. Then they were like, fuck that cottage. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know is, that guy's looking for a new lamp, a new radio, and a new friggin' toaster. What the hell is he looking in a junkyard? Dude. He didn't want the new one. His parents were like, we'll buy you anything you want. Go get all brand new stuff. He went, no. I want my old shitty stuff. But Thank what? God for that. And who's thinking, gee, that cottage is like a good eight hours away. Maybe they're in my local junkyard. Well, no, because they planned that. That TV. 
Yeah, but... The TV can play the advertisements. Oh, I suppose. Wacky, yeah. Al's, yeah, mega yeah. discount bargain town. He was like, let's go check out this place. But it was a dump. And they get there, and the guy goes, this, this like doesn't look like Wacky Al's Bargain City. That's like a dump. But this looks well, let's like check the, it out anyway. What? This looks like the toaster I had when I was a kid. And my <laughs> blanket and my lamp. Yeah. Whoa. Score. It is the same. And then after the toaster launched himself into grinding gears, Buddy reefed it out and fixed it and made toast. That, that's the movie kids need. Dude. That says ambition. That says don't give up. Yo, you want that old toaster? You go find it. I don't care if you got to go to Fiji. You find that toaster, boy. That toaster's waiting for you right now. You realize, and this just hit me, literally. Toy Story? Yeah. Brave Little Toaster. Yeah, same concept. Same concept, it's the same damn thing. Toys versus appliances. They were like, Toaster, this movie sucked. Talking Cowboy, let's go with this shit. Well, well, no, (laughs) it was was a no-brainer. They were like, this one had some success, except for the total botch when they went to Mars. (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah. How do we sell the second one? One guy? What if they went to Mars? I like your thinking. <laughs> Approved. I don't know how the hell they're going to get there, but let's launch them. Right into Mars. Maybe they were like, the master was like, you know what? This stuff sucks. <laughs> he threw it out. They were like, I don't want to live on this planet anymore. Just launched me into the sun. Yeah. And they went to the local rocket, landed on Mars. I can see how NASA would be like, yo, that toaster, that's a piece of shit. I want that. And somehow, <laughs> maybe there was alien life on Mars. And the toaster was like, hey. Look what I can do. You guys eat stuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how do you eat it? I don't know, like this. Shove that in here real quick. <laughs> Put it in my head. Put the thing down. What's happening? Calm down. Pop. Now try it. This is way better. Ha <laughs> I have purpose again. <laughs> yeah. And I'm oh sure the light... Oh, my gosh. Because, you know, Martians don't have lights, just the ones on their spaceship. So they're like, hey, what do you do? Touch the knob on my head. Why? But they all needed plugs. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, aliens got the standard two-pronged plug. Like, yeah, plug yeah. that shit yeah. in over here. <laughs> What purpose would the radio have? Do you on guys Mars? have any uh, outlets? Who doesn't? Right there on that rock. <laughs> oh my gosh! Because that, like literally, Except they the couldn't blanket. leave the in the first movie. They couldn't leave. No. They had. They were like, okay. How do we get out of here? Yeah. How do we get out of here? And the radio's like, I'll like, use my antenna to lift the handle. Because they were literally so dumb that they were going, okay, let's go. And as soon as they walked too far, the plug on I did, they went, oh, shit. Yeah, then they made the cart and had, like, <laughs> stuff on the generator. Then they finally made an office chair with a car battery. That's it. Because you know how... Because the battery was... They they were they had nothing without the battery. Yep. That battery needs to be taken and put in every damn car there is. Because, man, that battery lasted forever and charged Well, if you everything. think about it... I'm just thinking about this now. Radio... Ran on AA batteries, so he didn't need a plug. That's true. Blanky was a fucking blanket. No batteries, no plug, no it, prong. It was an electric blanket. But there was no plug. So how when the you watch you... that 
He doesn't there have was a plug. no plug. The only things that had plugs was toaster lamp and Kirby. <laughs> How? And I don't remember through the whole adventure toaster toasting shit. So what the hell did he need power for? The only power he needs is to toast stuff. So really, the main siphons of the battery was Kirby and Lamp. Hey, you gotta see stuff at night. I'm the guy. And Kirby was like... I'll suck the road as we go? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna... mow down twigs. I don't how, know why, but how, I will. How come they never emptied his bag? I think they did once. Yeah, but if you're traveling that far, you're gonna have to empty his bag quite a while. Yeah, I don't know. It's bad never got any holes in it or nothing. There was some pretty coarse material he was driving through. Yeah, I got a It wasn't your standard house dirt. It definitely wasn't dirt devil, that's for sure. No, no. Oh, man. And then it just kept getting weirder as it went on. And yet, we love it. Because you were basically, at the end of the movie, you were going, every appliance is alive. My lamp, my air conditioning, every light source... My my coffee machine, my blender, all of it, all alive. Not gonna lie. Even that thing right there, that lab hanging. What's up? I hang. Let's hang out. Come on. Can't. Okay. <laughs> Not gonna lie, when I was a kid after I saw that, so I'd win like seven, eight, somewhere in there. I'd be like, Hey when I leave the room, do the lamps like talk to each other? Does my radio be like, Let me crank some Elvis and rock this shit? Yeah. I wondered. Never saw it happen, though. No. Just like kind of like Toy Story. Be like, hey, toys talk? No? All right. Although, after that movie, sometimes my toast would get burnt, and I'd be like, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, but your toaster kicks ass now. It's a stormtrooper. I'd grab that toaster, and I'd be like, I know you know what you're doing. What did I do to you? Why did you burn this? Answer me! <laughs> Everyone's oh. going, uh, what's that guy doing yelling at a toaster? They're alive. You know I it. think he needs help. Wow, this is all kinds of uh, quite the conversation. I've enjoyed my time here. Deep spirituality. Toasters. Movies and toasters. Toasters on Mars apparently are a thing. Never watched it. Uh, Never watched it. Wasn't even going to attempt to watch it. When the premise is the toaster on Mars, I'm pretty sure you don't need to watch it. Well, they made it, so... Doesn't mean anybody watched it. Oh, they had... Somebody watched it. Somebody watched it. I'm sure there's some person out there that was like... <laughs> my favorite movie. Brave Little Toaster 2. Was Brave Little Toaster go to Mars. Say We're no not friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not invited to my birthday party. <laughs> what? Uh, that guy? Stay the fuck away from me. <laughs> Dude, that guy thinks toasters go to Mars. They don't. We haven't even made it to Mars, let alone toasters. Although, they don't need air. They definitely got that on us. No air required. No, but they need a battery. Yeah, and even though after they ran, they went... (laughs) Yeah, how are they out of breath? They don't have a digestive system or a freaking respiratory system. No. No, not at all. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up this uh, episode. It's over an hour. Well, thank you for having me. It was a great time. Yeah, yeah. Random, spontaneous conversation. I like it. With a little bit of truth in there. 
So uh, thanks for listening as always, and until next time, be well.